Welcome to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real social work. This is Adam Brown, Executive Strategist of Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Unfortunately, Jay Bear, our esteemed leader, could not join us today, but he missed out on a fantastic uh, discussion with Mikel Dia, CEO and founder of Funnelytics. Now, Funnelytics is an interesting, fascinating program and service and technology that allows people and marketers and communicators and agency folks to be able to really track the performance of their programs. We always talk about funnels and journeys and how you want to cast your net wide, but then you want to kind of continue to make that net, that nest and that net smaller and smaller. And what Mikkel has created with Funnelytics.io enables that. And it's a really powerful story. But Funnelix is only half the story. Uh, Mikkel uh, is a serial entrepreneur and really has an interesting story on how he approaches life, how he approaches being an entrepreneur, how he approaches actually leaving a very good job in the agency world and venturing out uh, to be create and uh, his own company and become the, the leader of it. So I hope you will enjoy this show. I certainly did. And for, uh, for Jay Bear, this is Social Pros. This is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Welcome to season six of Social Pros. If you want to learn how big companies succeed with social media, you found the perfect podcast. The show is brought to you by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one -one connections with your customers through social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. The show is also brought to you by Yext, whose award-winning location management platform helps companies of all sizes drive more foot traffic to their doors and get more customer reviews. And by Convince & Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to the world's most interesting brands. Convince & Convert makes your social better. My co-host for the show is Adam Brown. Find all links, archives, and more at socialpros.com. Are you ready? Let's get to work. Hey, everybody, it's Jay Bear. Thanks for listening to Social Pros. You know, social is more important than ever for B2B marketers, yet some of us have a hard time using it effectively and sometimes tricky to measure results. A new complete guide from our friends at Salesforce will help. It's called The Complete Guide to Social Media for B2B Marketers, and it reveals the best types of content for each segment of your funnel, how to do that on Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Snapchat, and more. Discover the role of metrics, social listening, and engagement strategies in elevating your message and results. Go to bit.ly slash social B2B guide. Let me spell that for you. It's bit.ly slash social B, the number two B, guide, all lowercase, to download the ebook right now. Also, this week, the show is brought to you by ICUC. If you run a business with multiple locations, you might be curious about how they're doing when it comes to online search, local reputation, competitor benchmarking, and even more. ICUC is offering Social Pros listeners, that's you, a free seven-day access to their platform so you can monitor performance of up to 50 of your locations. See what you can glean from ICUC's online dashboard. It's good stuff. Go to IC number or number letter i c u c dot social okay it's not dot com it's dot social i c u c dot social slash audit i c u c dot social slash audit that's the letter i the letter c the letter u and the letter c also this week, the show is brought to you by Brand Watch. Look, as you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of social posts are, are, are you know, added to the interwebs every second. There's never been more social data available. 
having data is not our problem, is making sense of the data. And that's where Brandwatch comes in. They help thousands of brands and agencies make sense of all that information. You get analyst-level insights at the click of a button. You can find the right influencers and optimize your campaigns in real time. You can prove your ROI with data-powered competitor benchmarking, immediate crisis alerts, very handy, and ad management proven to convert. Make the most out of your social marketing. Visit brandwatch.com slash socialpros. Brandwatch.com slash socialpros. See how Brandwatch can help you keep a pulse on your customers, your campaigns, and your competitors. Welcome to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real social work. I am, as always, Adam Brown, Executive Strategist for Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Could not be happier to be here. I am sadly not accompanied by our sincere and audacious uh, coast of Jay Bear. Jay is out giving a speech somewhere spectacular, but... He is missing out because today we get the opportunity to talk to a really interesting person with a really interesting uh, organization. Uh, Mikel Dia is CEO and founder of Funalytics. Uh, did I say that right, Mikel? Funalytics? Funalytics, that's right. Funalytics is a fantastic concept, and I'm really looking forward to uh, all of our listeners to be able to hear a little bit about it. And kind of what I want to do today is talk, one, about how uh, Mikkel and his team at Funalytics are using social media to uh, market this service. Uh, and I encourage you all to go to funalytics.io to, uh, to check it out. But secondly, I also want to talk about Funalytics as a product and as a service that we as social pros, as marketers, as communicators can use to help us monitor and manage the ROI and all those important things that we're kind of tasked and responsible for, for being able to measure the success of not just our social programs, but the big picture of overall marketing programs. So, uh, Mikkel, so great to, uh, to have you on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. This is, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. I, I hope so. So let, let's start out first from the basics. Tell, uh, tell everyone kind of what Funalytics is. Okay, so Funalytics, uh, I mean, the concept, I'll, I'll kind of share a, a little bit of backstory because I think it's, it's important. But I've been, I've been building online businesses for a long time and everything that I use or, or my marketing methodology has always been around funnels and marketing funnels and uh, you know, trying to convert paid advertising or, or any sort of traffic into profit, right? That's what we try to do as marketers. And a lot of times what we do is we sit in front of a whiteboard or a notepad or something, and we draw out our marketing funnels with, you know, lines and arrows and squares. And we say, okay, well, Facebook going to a landing page, and then that landing page goes to an opt-in page, and then there's email follow-ups. And, and you kind of just draw all this out uh, on this whiteboard. And then you have to go and build it using something like ClickFunnels or, or whatever landing page software you use. And, and then after that, you hope that you can figure out how to use Google Analytics and all of these different analytics tools to track and measure what you drew on your whiteboard. So back in, I think this was back in 2013 that I actually had the idea. I started developing it in 2016, but my idea was always... Wouldn't it be really, really amazing if I could just draw out my marketing campaign on a software, on a canvas, on my computer, just like I would on my whiteboard, but then hit a little switch and see how people are flowing through all of these pages, these steps, these ads, these emails, right there on that same canvas. Uh, and 
sure enough, after, you know, building countless of funnels for my clients and, and, and for myself, I got frustrated and I decided I'm just going to hire a developer and let's, let's start building this tool and let's, let's see where it goes. So that's kind of the basic. It allows you to map your funnel on a canvas and then you can hit a little switch and you can visually see how people are converting through each step of your funnels, of your campaigns. I think one of the funny things about this whole concept, and Mikkel, I've oftentimes talked about this on the Social Pros podcast, is, uh, is John Wanamaker, who uh, was the founder of Wanamaker's Department Store, early 1900s. And I think he was, um, he was attributed with the phrase, I know I waste half my advertising, I just don't know which half. Yeah. And that was in 1908. And here we are in 2018, and we're still kind of dealing with that. That half is getting smaller now, but yep. it's still about the funnel, starting and casting that net wide, and then trying to find that person or persons who's most likely apt and receptive to purchase your product or service. Yeah, and, and the biggest problem, though, is, you know, um, just like you said, I don't, I don't know which half is making me money or, or not. It's because right now, to really understand your marketing, you kind of have to be a data scientist. You kind of have to love looking at spreadsheets and charts and graphs and compiling all of this stuff together to really trace things back because it's, you can't just look at your Facebook or, or your analytics and maybe I'm one of the few, but I don't think so. Most people are visual and they're, they don't like to look at charts. They don't like to look at spreadsheets and try to decipher them as if they're in the matrix. You know, uh, they, they want to be able to visually see like, Oh, that's what's working. Oh, this is not working. So I'm going to stop doing that but it's really hard um, using just numbers and, and math. So that's what I, I was always trying to solve with Funnelytics. You know, ROI, I think to any company, I don't care if you're in the services organization, if you're large or small, you are tasked with you know, doing two things. I've always said, you know, when you have to go in front of your CEO, he or she is really going to be interested in only one of two things. Are you making me money or are you saving me money? Yeah. And saving money, you know, for marketing is a lot of cost avoidance and operational efficiency and things like that. But the most, and that's, that's pretty easier or that's easier, easier to be able to, uh, to articulate the, are you making me money is so much harder. And yeah. I think we've gotten so much better, uh, but we're still kind of in that wall of last click attribution and things like that. And especially in the social space, it's harder and harder for us to be able to show that attribution. Talk a little bit about how not just a data scientist, but a kind of a more layperson, quote unquote, marketer or communicator can kind of go into Funnelytics and, and be able to, uh, to set up some funnels and to set up some metrics that can start to bring actionable insights, not only to show their CEO, hey, this is working, but secondly, if I know that something is kind of working, I'm probably going to want to do more of that uh, yeah. with my next program. Yeah, and here's the funny thing. I've always, so everything that you kind of mentioned about, you know, last click attribution, first click attribution, I always found that extremely strange because we're measuring people based on clicks and based on whether they're just integers, but that's not the reality. These are, these are actual people who go through a specific journey to get to your checkout or to fill out an application to work with you or, or whatever your end goal may be. And you can't just go and say, well, actually the first click or the last click is what ended up making me my money or my ROI. Right. It's about the entire path, right? It's about where did they first start on that journey? What did they do next? How, how many days was the, the, the lag time in between? And unless you can visually map that entire path that they took, 
then it becomes really hard to say that, okay, well, if I just have this one retargeting ad or this one Facebook post, that's the reason why they became a customer. Well, no, not necessarily. They may have seen your page first and then were reminded by it, you know, with your Facebook post. And then they read a blog post and then they opened up an email and then they ended up converting. But it was a combination of all of those things. And the, the, the biggest difference and the biggest reason why Funnelytics works so well is because it is absolutely meant to be visual. It's, it's your canvas. You map the path that you want people to take and then you actually go and see, are people taking that path? If not, what path are they taking in order to, to get to that endpoint? And you can map that entire thing. You can visually see it over uh, a course of time or, or a specific snapshot um, and whatnot. So you can map your, your social posts, anything that you post on Twitter, on Facebook. You can track all of those links, but you can also trace it back to, because ultimately what we're doing is tracking people. And those people take specific actions at specific times, you know, over the course of time. So it makes a massive, massive difference when you're able to visually see. And, and when you can go back to your CEO and say, hey, like this right here, if we keep pushing this path right here and people keep taking these steps, we're going to keep making money. That's very powerful, right? That's, that's how you go to your CEO and, and say, here's how I make you money. Mm -hmm. You know, now I'm going to assume there's probably a couple different kind of main phases of using Funnelytics. First, certainly you've got to help, you got to establish kind of what that plan is, as, as you've articulated, Mikhail. But then, you know, then you have the data that actually, you know, kind of, kind of gets flown in or flows into that funnel. Is that something that the user does manually? I mean, or do they, can you, do you associate and kind of tie into, you know, Google Analytics or your, your Facebook data or something like that? How does that whole process work to kind of keep the day, data inside of uh, Funnelytics live? In simple terms, we have one little pixel that you install, just like you would install a, a Facebook pixel onto all of the header of all of your pages. And wherever you Actually, people can land on your pages. It's that one pixel that you, this little script that you install. Um, we have a lot of tutorials in terms of how to use it in, in all of the different types of platforms. But then we do tie back to the actual um, CRM. So whatever autoresponder you use or your Facebook ads or your Google ads. Now, currently we are in, in our analytics side, we are in beta. So we're still adding more integrations. We're still adding a lot of uh, really cool functionality to make it better. But um, actually, one of the things that you just mentioned, it, it, it is in phases, right? The first phase is absolutely mapping. You have to map what, you know, all of your assets, all of your marketing pieces onto the canvas. The second phase is actually, yes, just installing that one code and then Funnelytics starts gathering all this data and, and displaying it to you on this map, on this canvas. The third phase that we're going to go into, uh, which we're not there yet, but as a company where we want to head, is now that you have all of this data, what do you do with it, right? How do you optimize? How do you pinpoint what's working, what's not? How do you actually um, continuously optimize and try to improve those metrics over time? So that moves us into the optimization phase, running split tests and, and being able to visually see how can I optimize each part of my funnel or each part of my marketing campaigns right then and there on that same canvas? So that's kind of the, the iteration, the process we're, we're taking our customers through is 
you map, then you go and you you track or analyze, and then you optimize, and then you, that cycle keeps moving forward, and then you continuously improve uh, over time. Mikhail, I'm I'm assuming that you have a lot of different customers who come to you from a lot of different marketing or communications disciplines. You may have some PR folks, you may have some web people, especially yep. on the commerce side with merchandising and, and just the actual commerce folks and social folks. I'm curious if you're seeing an increase in social practitioners using your tool and if their needs, their needs for kind of showing ROI or the way that they approach measurement is different than other marketers, communicators, and, uh, and audiences. Funny enough, actually, the, the majority of the people that sign up to Funnelytics are actually marketing agencies, right? People who consult other businesses. Uh, very few, well, I wouldn't say very few, but probably around 30% of, uh, of our customer base and our, our user base are people who track their own businesses and their own campaigns and whatnot. The vast so majority- Practitioners for their own brand. Yes, practitioners for their own brand. The vast majority do uh, campaigns for their clients, right? And they, they want to track and figure out what's happening. The, the way that Funnelytics at its core works is through link clicks, right? So somebody clicks on a link, whether that, that link is in a Facebook ad or in a Facebook post, in a group, uh, on Twitter, in a banner ad, doesn't really matter. Once that person clicks that link and they come onto your website, now that's where the magic starts happening and starts tracing it back. So the minute that person clicks a link, we can start to see what that person does from there on out, right? And we can start tracking it. So whether you're using it for social purposes or you're using it to measure your paid advertisement ROI, it's the same as long as somebody clicks on a link that sends you to, their, to the, your website or to your client's websites or, or whatnot. Okay, so now the cobbler's kids going barefoot question. Here you are, uh, a, a, a creator of a great marketing tool that is used by all these advertising, marketing, uh, media agencies, as well as practitioners. How are you using Funnelytics to, uh, to help market your product? And specifically, how are you using Funnelytics to measure some of the social activities that you're using to, uh, to drive people to, uh, to funnelytics.io to, to try out the product? So I think there's two, two uh, interesting questions there. And, and maybe I'm, I'm jumping ahead and you had this question lined up uh, <laughs> a- afterwards. But um, from, you know, there's how I'm using social in order to grow Funnelytics and then how I'm using Funnelytics to measure my growth of Funnelytics. Good that, unwrapping of the, of the questions. Yes, that's perfect. Okay, so let's start with um, how I'm using social to grow Funnelytics. And then I'll, I'll talk about how I'm using Funnelytics to measure the growth of Funnelytics afterwards. Okay, so Funnelytics is a, is a new tool. We, we launched uh, in December of 2017. So very, not very long ago, we just opened up our doors. And uh, the funny thing is, I actually... When I originally was developing the software, it really was for myself. It was for my agency and, and my clients. And I, I really wanted to build this tool for, for myself. And um, as I started realizing that, you know what, this is a pretty, this is getting really cool and, and people are excited by this. Uh, I was originally going to launch it as a traditional SaaS where a free trial, but no matter what, you kind of have to pay. There's, you know, a lot of people- kind of the freemium model. Yeah, like, so 
most people right now in the SaaS world go the free trial. 14 days, you still have to put in your credit card, but after 14 days, you then it moves on to a rolling plan. Um, there are the freemium models, which is where you have like the, the free tier, and then you also have paid options as well, right? So you can use the product for free forever to a certain degree, and then it moves on to the, the paid options. When I originally was about to launch this product, um, I wanted to go down the, you know, it's only paid, but you get the free trial. But after a little while, uh, I was hanging out with a couple um, very smart entrepreneurs. I was showing them the, the software. And, and to me, Funnelytics has always been an analytics tool, right? It's always the backbone has always been about analytics. And I was showing them this mapping tool and I was showing them how you can go and map your funnels and then you can, you can analyze it. And, and, I was, and they're like, all these guys were sitting together and they were looking at my computer screen. They're like, Mikel, this mapping tool is really cool. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know it's really cool, but it's, it's about the analytics tool, guys. Like, it's, that's what the whole purpose of this, this software is for. They're like, yeah, but the mapping tool is really sweet. And I'm like, okay, so what? And they're like, look, Mikel, I think you should go about this by giving out this tool for free to the market, make it free forever. And ultimately, if people map their funnels and they actually go and build it, logically, they'll want to track it. So they'll mm -hmm. just naturally ascend to your paid version. And after I, um, after hanging out with these guys, I was like, that's a really, you know, pretty smart idea. And it, it makes sense, especially because there's very few mapping tools out there to map your marketing campaigns. Most people use PowerPoint and stuff like that, right? This is very easy drag and drop. So that's what I did in December um, of last year, I opened up the free tool. So by this point, the actual analytics side was still very much in development. You know, I was using it a little bit here and there for my own, uh, for my own purposes, but there were a lot of bugs, a lot of things that we were tweaking. So as we continued to develop the analytics tool, I gave myself two months before I would open up the doors for the paid analytics tool. Seeing as I actually, there wasn't anything much I could do because I'm not a developer on the actual development side of things, um, I spent the entire two months focusing on building a community and giving insane amounts of value to that community in return for nothing. So the way it worked is I used, um, I used paid advertising to get people to sign up and create their free account to the mapping tool instantly from the funnel. So the minute you opted into uh, and created your account, the first thing you would see on the registration page is join our Facebook group, right? So first thing is people would join the Facebook group. I also had a survey right then and there to figure out who was joining because I didn't really right. know. So I had a survey right there to just get a sense and, of... And, did, and to that point, Mikhail, did you assume that these were going to be agency folks? Did you assume they were going to be more you know, brand, brand marketers or were you not even, quite, even sure at that time? I wasn't fully sure. You know, I mean, I was using it myself for, you know, for my own clients and, and mm -hmm. for my own businesses too, though. So, you know, I have, my, I have a, a nutrition business and I have um, and as I was running my agency, I wanted to use it for my own agency, but then also for my clients. So I assumed it would be for, you know, people who would do it for their clients more so, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. So I kind of just advertised it as a free mapping tool for your marketing funnels and mm -hmm. people just started signing up and, and whatnot. Now, the first thing that 
happened was, yeah, as soon as people joined the Facebook group, I focused on six core posts, six core post types inside of my Facebook group to give value. So something I learned from Russell Brunson is about developing your attractive character. You know, one of the biggest problems that I find in especially the software space is people think that their product is so good that they don't have to have a leader in front of the company, that their software does all the talking for them and that people are going to stay loyal and, and whatnot. So they don't build a community. They don't build a, a, a culture around a tribe around the software. They don't show people the vision of where they're trying to help them get to, right? As marketers, our core job is very simple, is to identify our dream customer and figure out what is the mountaintop that they really want to achieve, they really want to reach. And our goal is to help them get there, right? Whatever that mountaintop is that we're defining for them. Every single step that you develop or create in order to help them get there that's where your offers kind of come in. That's your solutions. If you position your entire business around your product or your service, you end up forgetting your customer and that mountaintop. But right. if, you, if you start thinking about that mountaintop, now you can start thinking about all of the different value, all the different products, all the different services, all the different things that you can do to help them get there. Now you actually become a business and not just a person selling an individual product. I think that's so important. And I think we sometimes forget that as, as marketers and as communicators, sometimes, you know, we, we don't do the best job of, of marketing and communicating. Uh, we don't practice sometimes what we preach and remembering when you do have a product like Finalytics and you have a user, like you said, maybe it's a data scientist or a, or a, or a social media practitioner in an agency or an account what's in it for them? Well, what's in it for them is let's talk about maybe it's, it's about them getting promoted and getting a better job. It's getting to be a director or a VP or, or an SVP in that agency organization. Well, how are they going to do that? Well, they're going to have to kill at showing how successful their programs are. That means that they win that cans lion, they win that Addy, they win that Clio and things like that for showing of measurement. And what you're talking about and what you were trying to do in your, your kind of first couple of steps with your Facebook strategy is identify those people and then find out what, what was meaningful to them. Exactly. Exactly. And then as I started surveying them, that's when I started realizing, okay, what kind of value are they looking for? So a lot of, a lot of people, like I said, were kind of um, solopreneurs who uh, or one to three-man agency teams, right, servicing clients, you know, smaller size businesses. And a lot of their problems were very much around acquiring more clients and getting a consistent flow of clients coming in into their business so that they could service them and whatnot. So part of what I was sharing and part of what I was providing was Again, thinking about that mountaintop. If that's where they're trying to go, well, cool. Funnelytics is a tool that's going to help them get there, but they need a lot more than just this mapping tool. Right, right. The tool's not going to do it all for them. Exactly. So um, I provided trainings. I provided a lot of tangible value, um, PDFs, actual like downloadables, stuff um, like 20-minute, 30-minute trainings with you know PowerPoints it takes a lot of time and it took, you know, it was, I created content. I, I actually gave them real value, but it's not enough. Right. So a lot of times people just 
try and share pure value, pure content. But here's the reality. People want to connect. That's the reason they're on social in the first place. That's the reason why they're hanging out in the Facebook group. They're, they're not just there to gain all this value. They want to connect with you, right? So a lot of what I was doing as well was sharing business lessons that I've through my journeys, you know, my journey as an entrepreneur and stuff that I've gone through, but turning those stories into actual lessons and, and the things I took away from, from those particular experiences or epiphanies or, or whatnot in order for them to connect with me, in order for, for them to realize that there's actually a, a leader behind this company. There's actually somebody who has a vision and wants to take this, this business and this market to another level. And that made them bond with me, right? That made them really see a lot of connection between themselves and, and me. And it made them want to follow me. It made them want to see what else I was posting. If all you're doing is posting value and you're not sharing anything about you as a, in terms of your personality or lessons or your philosophy or even lifestyle, right? Showcasing like the way you live, you know, sometimes I would post a picture of my daughter inside of this Facebook group. Cause we were, you know, she was like marking, I had funnels on my, on my whiteboard and she was like, just <laughs> scribbling. So I was like, look, future, you know, future funneler over here. Um, it, things like that makes people feel like they're following somebody who's actually real human. Right. And why, why do you think so many brands don't understand that? I, I applaud, I applaud what, you, what, what you're doing and, 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 and a couple of different levels. Number one, you know, this is the storytelling that Jay and I often talk about that you, if you're, if you're nine times out of 10, just talking about your product and your product feats and strengths and attributes, I mean, everybody's going to turn you off and that's only, you know, and you're hoping then that's those cases that your, your post actually gets seen. Uh, and the second is you've got to, you've got to find that human, humanistic side. Yep. I'm curious a, why do you think so many brands don't get this? And number two, being completely honest, did you think, you know, at, at this kind of, it was going to kind of go this way when you were initially creating the Facebook group and kind of creating the post? Or did you kind of go in there and go, listen, interesting, these are small, medium business owners. These are smaller agencies. You know, I have an opportunity to kind of mention the entrepreneurial side and talking about that, talking about work-life balance and some interesting topics because I know I can kind of, you know, emulate, you know, or, or kind of and work with them. I'm just curious kind of what your thought process is and when you kind of had this epiphany. Uh, for your first question, do I think, why, why don't people do it? I don't know why people don't do it, actually. I, I, I think it's silly that people don't. I think they really need to. If you look at any, any big company, in the world, there's always some sort of attractive character on the front of it, right? And that attractive character doesn't always have to be the CEO or, or the leader of the company, but there's always some thing that humanizes the company because the reality is people don't trust companies. They don't trust brands. Right. They trust the person. Not like they used to. Yeah. No. And like, I mean, even if you think of big brands like Nike, you know, well, Nike uses all of their athletes as the attractive characters. You, you don't trust Nike. You trust that you're, when you put on a Nike shoes, you're going to play like LeBron James. Right. You're not, by the way, but... <laughs> that aspirational marketing. Yes. Exactly, right? Same thing when you look at brands like Virgin. Now, now it's the CEO and the founder and Richard Branson, and he's that attractive character that makes you fall in love with the actual company. And big reason why you choose Virgin over 
other airlines or other things outside of you know you know costs and whatnot is because as an if you're in I like the, the purple lights. Yeah, exactly. I, I like his lifestyle. <laughs> I like how same thing with Elon Musk. I mean, how many electric cars are there? Lots. He's not the only one trying to build electric cars, yet here, I mean, he's not doing a very good job on the financial side of things in terms of production and whatnot, but it doesn't matter. People follow him, right? Because they want to be like Elon, right? They He's created a tribe just like you mentioned earlier. Exactly. And you have to understand that. And and even even when, look, uh, this is a horrible example because, you know, it, the person himself is, is not a good person, but it's the perfect example when you look at Subway, right? And you look at Jared and, and you know, this person who lost a whole lot of weight, supposedly eating only Subway sandwiches. Well, now all of a sudden there was a human element to this company, this sandwich shop, where there's an attractive character that people resonate with. Hey, I want to lose a lot of weight. I'm also, you know, now look at that, right? And all of a sudden, people started gravitating towards going to Subway uh, and started seeing it as a weight loss, you know, business and, or company and, and whatnot. So, and I think it's because of that emotional bond that the brand absolutely. and the association between, uh, between Jared and Subway that made it that much more of a crisis when... The yeah. terrible news about about Jared's background came to light, and and he was, um, you know, he was tried and convicted. That that made the brand that much that much more, um, sadly, you know, or, or in this case, you know, we're we're, we're glad everything happened, but it, it was it was it was a terrible terrible blow for the Subway brand. And, and like you say, I mean, now you you kind of look at it, and there's there's both ways. You, you always have to keep in mind that. You're taking that person to the top of the mountain, right? And at the top of the mountain needs to be that attractive character who's shouting out to the marketplace saying, hey, you got to come to the top of this mountain. And that's any type of business. I mean, look at McDonald's, right? Who's McDonald's dream customer? It's certainly not the adult. It's, it's the kids. It's the, and, and who's the attractive character? Well, guess what? It's Ronald McDonald and all the um, other you know, cartoons and, and characters that they have. Why? Because McDonald's is meant to be fun. That's why they have Happy Meals. They're meant, you come to McDonald's now as, because McDonald's has been around for so long, we grew up with it as children. We used to love going there, getting our Happy Meals and getting the little toys. And now it's ingrained in our memory that we have to go to McDonald's, right? But it was always about having that attractive character sitting at the top saying, hey, if you want to have fun, if you want to eat really good food and good burgers, but you want to have fun doing it, you got to come to McDonald's, right? That's what people wanted. They didn't really care about the burgers. You could go get burgers anywhere. It's about the, the actual mountain and who you're trying to target as your dream customer. If you don't have that attractive character in place, you um, remove all human aspect of your business. Sure. And I know so much of, of Funnelytics is, is, is you and, and, and your identity and how you've created this. I love the story that, that you shared with us before we, we got started in terms of, of how you came, up, came about you know, becoming 
uh, the founder and CEO of, of, of Funalytics and that you were, had a great job in an agency and just said, you know what, this is, this is not, this is not kind of my future in terms of work-life balance and, and being you know, part of my family. And you had a, an epiphany on a vacation. I would love for you to, to share with our listeners a little bit about that. So yeah, this, I started my agency in at very end of 2014, uh, really beginning of 2015. And I, I was very driven at the very beginning of the agency because I was so excited about helping my clients. I was so excited about the customer service side of things. But I was also very excited about scaling and growing this agency, right? A lot of, I'll, I'll be I'll be completely honest. A lot of the reason why I decided to do a done-for-you service style agency where we actually build your, your pages and your marketing campaigns is because I was hanging out at a mastermind uh, a couple of years back and they drew this pyramid where at the top of the pyramid had the $3 signs and it's like, if you want to make the most money, you do done-for-you services. Then second tier was if you want to make a little bit less but still a decent amount, you do done-with-you services, coaching, that kind of stuff. And if you want the lowest, you show people how to do it themselves. So I was like, I want the most money. So I'm, I'm going to do that. That, that was uh, completely on this, my, my mindset. And, um, but I was extremely excited about working with clients and, and helping them. And the first 18 months of our business uh, – although we were doing extremely well on the service side of, of our business, we were, when we were getting getting clients, we were um, really hands-on and it was exciting. We were getting them incredible results. Our actual lead acquisition and, and getting customers was very difficult. You know, we, we did okay. We probably did about 200,000 or so uh, in revenue in those first 18 months. But we were testing a whole bunch of different funnels. You know, I was teaching people how to set up their funnels and I was actually building marketing funnels for our clients. Yet I couldn't figure out what funnel I had to implement for my business in order to generate a consistent flow of customers. So we tried webinars and we tried trainings and we tried giving away these lead magnets and these free, you know, these free content guides and all sorts of different things. And eventually, after about 18 months, we finally figured it out. We finally figured out the exact funnel that would work very well for our services. Almost overnight, just boom, skyrocketed. Our leads started flying in. Our calendar was booked. We were closing sales consistently. I think we went from we probably did 20 grand or so the previous month, and then we went right up 60, 80, 100, 160. We hovered between like 100 and 160,000 for several months. But now came another problem. We were growing this fast for sales, but our operations was not keeping pace, mm-hmm. right? And the best analogy or the best way I can explain is like, on the operation side, you're, you're kind of building a conveyor belt, right? You're, you're, you're thinking of it like a, a Ford plant and, and you're building this conveyor belt, but you're putting people on the conveyor belt as you're building it. And like people are moving through the conveyor belt and boom, they fall off the front and you're like, oh crap, I got to keep building, keep building, right? And, and then another person falls because you're, you're loading up that conveyor belt too quickly, right? And in February of last year, we were doing extremely well uh, in terms of revenue. 
you know, I, I thought our operations was in, in a good spot. We had nine full-time employees and I decided to take a vacation with my wife. It, we decided to go to San Diego for, for two weeks. Uh, my daughter was just born recently. She was about five months old at the time. And it was our first kind of vacation, you know, in a long time, you know, as my wife was pregnant and, and all of this, and, and I was working so hard on the business um, that I, we're like, I deserve this. You know, we're doing so well. We're, we're generating a lot of money. I've got a team now. Surely everything's going to go well. We're going to take a vacation. So we go to San Diego and I kid you not, if the entire two weeks that we were there, uh, my wife and our, our little daughter spent every single day walking up and down the beach by themselves, just alone while I was on calls, doing email, Skype calls, clients were calling me up saying, well, I hired you because I wanted to work with you. My team was calling me, asking me, you know, well, how do I handle this or how do I do that and, and whatnot. And it was hell, to be honest. It, uh, here I was trying to have, you know, the first vacation with my family. And even when I was sitting at dinner, you, you could sense the stress kind of oozing out of me. You know, it, it wasn't even enjoyable. And at night, I would lay awake just thinking about all the stuff I have to do the next day. You know, it, it just didn't end. And at the end of the, the vacation, uh, my wife said to me, she said, Mikel, I, uh, I respect everything that you've done and it's great, but I, I kind of wish we didn't take this trip. And I was like, huh. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a punch in the face. But at the same time, I kind of did wish we didn't either. Cause we just ended up spending a whole bunch of money and not enjoying ourselves. And, and we were miserable. And, but it, it also made me realize that that trip made me realize that something needed to change, right? The, the work-life balance, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, we get to create our own paths, right? That's the reason why we become entrepreneurs is because we want to create our own paths. And um, here I was, I created a path that didn't make me happy. I was, I was unhappy with everything. So I had to kind of make a choice. So the first thing is I, I decided to right away, as soon as I got back, like, okay, we're not adding any more people onto this conveyor belt. Like that's for sure. So we cut off all of our lead generation. Everything was turned off. And when you have a marketing funnel, the funny thing is it like, once you get it to work, it works. It, it literally is like an on off switch. You turn it on and it starts working. You turn it off. It's like nothing comes anymore. It's like, it's over, right? There's no organic evergreen type of stuff just coming. It's like on and off. Then I, I spent the next six months working through, I had to let go of my bunch of employees, which is probably the hardest thing to do. You know, people dedicate their time and um, they, their livelihood to you. After about four months, I had to kind of make a decision because we're really, we we're burning a lot of money and uh, no more clients were coming in. And I had to kind of make a decision. Where, where am I going with this? Am I turning it back on or am I going a different direction? And after evaluating it, I decided that it wasn't for me. I, I the future, I could kind of envision what the future was going to hold. And um, that's not the future I wanted. The future was funnelytics. The future was funnelytics. Exactly. Well, luckily, you know, the funny thing is, as I was growing um, my agency, when we were kind of hitting our peak and we were making a, a good amount of money, I was reinvesting a lot of those profits into developers for Funnelytics. 
because I just thought that this was going to be a tool that would save me a lot of time and a lot of headaches and a lot of effort. Turns out it was, I was right. It is a really great tool, but it actually now became my focus and became uh, the business that uh, I decided to focus my attention on. I, I love the story. And I think this is, this is helpful for all of our listeners who everybody probably has a little bit of an entrepreneurial gene in them. And to hear the story of, of your success and then the, the challenge of having to, to kind of pivot and, and change directions and, and take a very, very you know, sizable risk in, in doing that and then, and then having the success that you've had right now, I think is, is, is really, uh, really something that, that's of interest to a lot of our audience. Mikel Dia, uh, CEO, founder of Funalytics, great to have you on the Social Pros podcast. I'm now going to ask you the two questions that all 300 and something guests on the show over the past five years have, uh, have answered. Mikel, are you ready? I'm ready. First question is, what is the one tip you would give someone who wants to be a social pro? Focus on creating impact. Focus on impacting the person that you're trying to speak to. That's all that matters. If you can change their life or if you have on a mission to get them to the top of their mountain, you will become a social pro. Yeah, that's great, great insight. And I think we could probably even unwrap that if we had a little bit more, more time. Uh, question two, uh, final question, Mikhail Dia. If you could have a Skype call with any living person, who would it be and why? Right now, that's a uh, man. I'll tell you, you've already mentioned most of the people that are at the top of the list. Uh, when I was a guest on the show, gosh, I think four years ago before I was even a, a co-host, Sir Richard Branson was mine. Yeah. has been mentioned many times. Who's I, it going to be for you though? So, man, I have so many, but actually right now it would have to be LeBron James. Really? That's, that's who I would want to speak to because of who he is as an athlete, you know, being 15 years in his NBA career, still playing at the level that he's at, the mindset that he has to have to be at that peak for that long. And I'm a massive basketball fan. So yeah. that, that would probably be just, just today, that would be the, the person I'd want to just chat with and get an insight of how, how somebody like that, how their mind works. Um, I'd be very curious. Yeah. No, I, from, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, from an athletic standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, yeah, he checks a lot of those, those boxes. So yeah. I, 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 like, I like LeBron James. I think that's a, that's a good answer. Uh, Mikhail, so thank you again for being on the, uh, the show. Uh, for listeners, thank you for being our listeners. Jay and I uh, feel honored and humbled to, uh, to join you every week. And I hope you are subscribing to our uh, shows. And again, we hope that you email us if you have any questions or thoughts or would like to be a guest on the show. Um, but for Jay Bear, the aforementioned uh, leader of our show, I am Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and this has been Social Pros. Thanks for listening to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and for our greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext. And it's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, visit us at convinceandconvert.com.